Hello and welcome. In our fourth episode of This is Europe, we're focusing on social inclusion and a particular community of people who are many in number but whose voices have not always been heard. Even before the coronavirus pandemic, research indicates that people with disabilities in Europe are nearly 50% more likely to suffer from poverty or social exclusion than those without. But it's not just the disabled who are at risk of social exclusion. Our elderly citizens also face isolation and the feeling of being left behind. We have been seeing how, how people, elderly people are really, really getting worse, how their mental health is getting worse, how their Alzheimer's is worsening because they are excluded. Across Europe, we face serious challenges in how we ensure the disabled and the elderly feel a sense of belonging and integration in our wider societies. In this episode, we'll be hearing about two projects dedicated to championing and caring for some of them, in the EU and beyond. We begin in Dubrovnik and the first place that many people visit when they arrive, the airport. And we have entered. This is Bruno Tot. He's just landed after a flight from Zagreb to Dubrovnik, only the second time he has been on a plane. The experience is even more unknown to Bruno, as he is partially sighted. Especially for the person who's visiting for the first time, it's all unknown. You have no idea, especially if, if you don't have any sight left, you have no idea what the, what the area looks like, what to expect. There are over 30 million blind and partially sighted people in Europe, yet more than 95% of the continent's transport systems are not fully accessible to them. Bruno has travelled to Dubrovnik from Zagreb as part of the Interreg project Danova. Danova is working to improve the accessibility of transport hubs like airports, bus stations and ports for the blind and partially sighted, so that people like Bruno can travel independently. For now though, since the project is still in its early stages, Bruno is with his colleague from the Croatian Blind Union, Mledinja Fantek. Bruno has several tools to help him navigate his way around new places, but even then, it is often near impossible to do it alone. I use a GPS application for the blind, so the app should guide me, in theory at least, towards the right location. But we had a problem where we actually couldn't find the proper address for the bus station that we need to reach. So since it's not on Google Maps, really, it's not clearly marked. Mladinja is guiding him as they test out some new equipment aimed at helping blind people navigate the airport. This is the sound of Bruno using the new tactile lines. By tracking the raised lines along the airport floor with his cane, Bruno can find his way to the check-in desk and security. The project has only recently begun to implement its ambitious plans and, as Bruno had hoped, will be adapting along the way. Right, so it goes there. This is kind of your only anchoring point and you need to follow it rigorously. Some people will probably, probably be you know, a bit stressed just following it and, and concentrate on it and if your cane gets stuck all the time it's distressing a bit. You know? So that's why we're here to advise on these things and it's, it's good that some effort is actually, some progress is being made, so that's, that's commendable. For Hervoy Sprengmich, project manager at Dubrovnik Airport, Denova's lead partner, 
The scheme offers an important opportunity to bring greater social inclusion to the Danube region. We have realized that uh, our accessibility regarding blind and uh, visually impaired passengers is at a low level. We have also recognized this in uh, port in Dubrovnik and also in other airports and ports and we have uh, come to idea to form a partnership within Project Danova in order to implement uh, and to improve accessibility for, for blind and visually impaired people. Having arrived and tested the latest equipment Danova has installed, Bruno is now on the bus, travelling into Dubrovnik's old town to meet with the project's partners. On the journey, he tells us of the challenges involved in improving transport accessibility for people like him. For a blind person, for a completely blind person, and even for any, anyone with visual impairments, I suppose, every unknown area is just complete white noise, just completely filled with, with just unknown new information, so it's terrifying, actually. It's quite stressful to, to be just dropped into a, an unknown location because you have no idea what to expect. I mean, if you've had experiences with airports, then you sort of, you know, build, build your expectations according to that, but uh, otherwise it's you, you have no idea what's going to jump at you, what you can expect, where, where the, I don't know, the obstacles, the street poles, or the walls, whatever would be, so... Airports are generally confusing uh, for everyone, even for sighted people. So, I mean, uh, at Zagreb, uh, at Zagreb Airport, we actually you know, had to find our way around a bit to our gate. So, uh, it's only natural that the confusion level is just increased for for persons with uh, visual impairments. Getting the perspective of people like Bruno is key to the project's work, with Danova teaming up with the Croatian Blind Union to better formulate its plans. Her voice Bremer says this partnership has been crucial. main challenges that we had uh, was lack of adequate know-how, because uh, we are not experts in accessibility of blind and uh, visually impaired passengers and this is uh, why collaboration with our national Croatian blind union was from uh, the benefit for us as an airport uh, they have how to say uh, wider our perspectives regarding some signs and accessibility of our infrastructure the plan is that less sighted passengers will eventually be able to travel as bruno has by themselves so now we are at uh, arrivals, so from this point, this is checkpoint where our PRM service uh, leaves blind and visually impaired passengers uh, upon taking them from the airplane to luggages and then through this point. From this point, uh, visually and blind impaired passengers are, so to say, left on, on their own to improve them and to make more easier them to manage through airport locations. We will implement tactile lines from this point to the entrance of the building all the way to, 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 to shuttle bus which is driving to Dubrovnik town and uh, all the way back to departures uh, site and the public bus station. Uh, so uh, lines will be connecting airport with all um, accessible means of transport that can get to airport and from the airport. For Bruno, now off the bus and in central Dubrovnik, integrating the different areas of Danova's work 
is critical if we want to offer real social inclusion to the blind community. Well, it was a normal bus ride, but uh, me by myself could never actually uh, do this because I could not figure out if we had reached the station where we are on the st at the station. So, unfortunately, yeah, that's that's to be expected, and you know you can't expect to have tactile guidelines here. So, next to impossible for the blind person without without assistance. And it's and it's loud as all hell. So that's also disorienting. You have to consider that you know. Uh, a hearing might might be your only source of perception, you know, that's relevant to the orientation. So if you don't have sight and you don't have your hearing actually available because, you know, it's extremely loud here, then you might as well, you know, not, not be here. In the face of this challenge, Her Voice says that Denova aims to expand the project's work across the entire region. It's important to specify that all results that will be uh, achieved within Danova, meaning recommendations for improvement accessibility, best practices, uh, new ideas, new, new designs, training materials, will be, uh, will be available not only to Danova project partners, but also to a whole Danube region, uh, will be placed on uh, Danube site when needed and uh, all Danube region can benefit from the implementation of Danova. For Bruno, improving accessibility for people like himself across Croatia will be a game changer. There is no money that can compensate for the, for the fantastic feeling of accomplishing something on your own. And that's, that's something I really can't describe, it's something, it's, it's the best feeling in the world. There's obviously plenty of work to be done, which is unfortunately expected in, in whole of Croatia, but uh, apparently Dubrovnik would, will be sort of a, at the forefront of accessibility progress. That's what this project is for, so there, there are plenty of improvements to be done, but I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic about it. This is Europe. This is Europe. The podcast from the Interreg team, telling the stories of cooperation across borders and within communities. Well, good luck to Bruno, Hervoy and everyone involved with the Danova project. While accessibility may be difficult for partially sighted people across the EU, it means that work like this can have even more of an impact than usual. For our next story, we're hearing from a project making an impact with a slightly different part of the population. Now economies around the world are facing the challenge of an aging population and the strain that puts on healthcare resources. The elderly population of Europe is set to almost double by 2050, reaching nearly 130 million. This makes building a sustainable care model for our older fellow Europeans a key challenge. But it's an issue not just for the EU. Many countries around the world face the difficulties that an aging population brings, from how to provide enough social care to finding ways to tackle loneliness. And it's a problem, not least, in the Middle East. In the Middle East uh, region, we are in a period of transitioning from what we call young population communities to elderly population communities. So the population pyramid is changing. This is Dr. Mohamed Salama of the American University of Cairo. He has studied the effects of an aging population in Egypt for many years. Now we are more leaning to the direction of European countries where we have elderly sector of the community is expanding. Are we prepared for that? I am not sure. 
Muhammad is trying to better prepare the country for this transition to an older population. And he has found a partner in Interreg, which, in the spirit of cross-border cooperation, has created the TechMed project. TechMed is bringing several countries across the Middle East and the southern Mediterranean together to develop a care model that can be applied throughout the region. The next stage now is to plan or put plans for closing the gap between the situation in a, in a country like Egypt or in, in the Middle East in general and the situation in Europe to try to upgrade the model of care for elderly based on identifying our current position and the position we want to achieve in the coming few years. I guess this is the core of TechMed uh, project. Lebanon is just one of the several non-EU countries included in the project. Dr. George Karam is TechMed's partner in Beirut. My name is Dr. George Karam and I'm a psychiatrist in fact. I'm a medical doctor specialized in psychiatry and I do have a subspecialty in geriatric psychiatry. George is working with TechMed to tackle one of the country's biggest stigmas, mental health. In Lebanon, there is stigma regarding uh, mental health. Now, it is better than the other countries in the Middle East. However, stigma is still very much present, especially in the elderly population. So the newer population, the, the younger generations, they are uh, much more open about it. But the older generation, they see it as a failure if they suffer from a mental illness. So if they do have depression or anxiety, they consider it as a failure. And we are struggling with that. The project comes at a critical time for Lebanon, with the World Bank stating that the country is experiencing one of the worst crises around the globe since 1850. Lebanon has been mired in a spiralling political and economic crisis since 2019. Its problems compounded by financial mismanagement, inadequate government, the coronavirus pandemic and the aftermath of a devastating explosion in its capital, Beirut. So what's gone? This crisis has inevitably put the elderly population's mental health under huge strain. We say there is no perfect storm. Well, in Lebanon, there is a perfect storm. And elderly people, they have a pension and they are living off their pension. And the value of the Lebanese lira has devaluated by 92% in the last year and a half. And this is adding a huge stress on them socially. Also, it is adding a huge stress on them medically because insurance companies now uh, are not covering as well as before. So an elderly person that needs to get treated will have to pay out of pocket for almost everything. You add to it the uh, COVID crisis that has affected Lebanon like any other country. So uh, we have been seeing these problems. We have been seeing how, how people, elderly people are really, really getting worse how their mental health is getting worse, how their Alzheimer's is worsening because they are excluded. Ms. Jauda is just one of the thousands of care home residents who have been contacted by the project. Lockdown left her isolated and struggling to cope. I have a lot of friends. This is the real problem of lockdown for me because I used to see my friends. Anyone could come and see me. Now no one comes to see me. I feel lonely now. For Ms. Jauda, the project could lead to more meaningful interaction and friendship than she has had for a long time. I always have a phone in my hand. I sleep with a phone pressed against me. It's my companion. 
But Georges says that TechMed isn't just focusing on those needing care, it is also tackling the difficult question of who cares for the carers. Regarding help, again, there is a stigma in that, especially when it is a caregiver that is caring for a loved one. There is this attitude that, you know, I married my uh, husband or my wife for better or worse. So I am this whole person responsible of taking care of uh, my loved one. And I will not accept outside help. And I'm supposed to do it on my own. And if I don't do it on my own, I will fail. And we are seeing those cases where dementia has worsened the last two years because of uh, COVID and the social exclusion. So you have caretakers that are left with an increased burden of taking care of someone who is sicker than usual. At the same time, they are refusing help because they feel that, you know, it is their duty and they failed if, if they ask for help. So that has been really challenging. TechMed plans to eventually tailor the support and contact that the elderly require, creating an outreach network that can be used across different countries. And Georges is optimistic about what's ahead. Let me give you one example. If an older person is socially excluded because she is a caretaker for her husband who suffers from Alzheimer's, well, we're going to have interventions and brochures to teach that person on how to become a better caregiver and how to deal with the caregiver's stress and burden that is caused by her husband's illness. At the same time, she will be referred to other resources that are present uh, in Lebanon. So, for example, in Lebanon, in this case specifically, this person will be connected with the Alzheimer's Association. So this person, hopefully by integrating or by being exposed to this uh, intervention, will be at a lower risk of having caregiver burden, caregiver stress, and she will be able to take care of herself and be less socially excluded. So depending on the reason for their social exclusion, there will be an intervention. So we are very excited about that. The project is tackling a complex problem, but Dr. Mohammed says that simple introductions will make a big difference. One of the huge surprises that came to me was that those who are working in the same sector do not actually know each other. So even if you are working in the area of aging care or geriatrics care, you don't know your colleague who's working in another place within the same country. This was one surprise. We don't have that network that can support your activities. So the problem here is to raise awareness about a success, successful initiatives or something that's running, that's helpful, but not everyone knows about it. Even myself, I am someone who's working in the area, but I am not alert or not aware about different initiatives that they were very successful and no one knows about them. Simple things are a key focus for Georges too. Part of the support group uh, meetings that we'll be doing on a weekly basis is to raise awareness that it is okay to ask for help and it is okay not to be okay. And uh, we will teach them on how to ask for help because this is another problem that we see where elderly people sometimes are ashamed of asking of help from their kids because they don't want to be a burden on their kids. And some elderly people, they feel that, you know, they see how much their kids are suffering to provide for their own kids and their own families. And they feel that, you know, they do not have the right to ask for help from, from their kids. A tragedy is unfolding in Lebanon. Inflation has driven the country's currency to historical lows. The crash highlights a grave economic crisis that has left half the population living below the poverty line. So even if I ask for someone to come and help me for an hour or two, 
you know, these two hours, I gain them where I can take care of myself, where I can go to see to my own doctor to take care of my own health, or maybe to just go to the uh, to the hairdresser and take care of myself. You know, there's no shame in that. You know, the message that we always use that once you are on a plane and once they give you the safety instructions, they tell you put on your oxygen mask before helping anyone else. And this is the message that we want to get across with the with the our beneficiaries, that it is important to take care of yourself before you take care of anyone else, because if you are okay, you will be able to provide better care. If you're not okay, both of you will fail. Despite the challenges TechMed faces, Georges is upbeat about the impact it will have. It's a volatile situation here in Lebanon. However, we are very hopeful that this project is going to have a huge impact on the elderly. So even though the situation is getting worse, but the worse the situation it's getting, the more benefit I think our beneficiaries will get from this project. So this is the exciting news, if you want. Uh, we did not despair. On the contrary, we're more encouraged to implement that uh, because we know that the impact now is even to, going to be even bigger uh, than before. This is Europe. This is Europe. The podcast from the Interreg team, telling the stories of cooperation across borders and within communities. Well, thank you to Drs. George and Mohammed for sharing their stories of working with Interreg beyond the EU's own borders. The care model that TechMed is designing is being done in such a way that it can be applied across different regions, negotiating varying cultural norms and social practices. And with one in six people around the world set to be classed as elderly by 2050, the cross-border nature of projects like TechMed could prove vital in developing the social inclusion everyone deserves. In our next episode, we'll be continuing our focus on those left behind. Not with people, though, but with the everyday things we often use just once before putting them to one side. We'll be exploring how some very forward-thinking Europeans are not just recycling, but reusing from upcycling neglected appliances. It was quite funny in the beginning when I picked up the phone and, yes, it's Johannes from Upcycling Studio. The people couldn't even spell the word upcycling. Okay, how is it spelled? A, B, or... <laughs> Nowadays, everybody knows the word upcycling. To monetizing their waste. We're using that spent grain that we get out of brewing beer. So together when growing mealworms in that spent grain and seeing can we upcycle those into proteins for chicken. That's stories from the front line of Europe's fight to reduce waste and our carbon footprint. All coming up in episode five of This Is Europe. Thanks for listening. I've been your host, Shahid Abari. The producer was Max Bauer. This was a Tempo and Talker production for Interact.